everybody you're listening to journey call life my name is yash and i'll be talking with people to explore more about their experiences their processes and the lessons learned in their journey call life hi everybody welcome to my podcast a journey call life today's topic is going to be finding passion and to discuss this topic i have a very close friend of mine also a brother from another mother steven gabriel he has three masters and i think he's aspiring to start his phd this summer hi steve welcome to my podcast hi ash thanks for having me how are you doing today steve I'm great. I'm still kind of adjusting to this new world that we're living in, but it's nice to see you even though we're on opposite sides of the country right now. You're going to see me soon. That's true. I feel like we we always we, we can't stay away for long. Yeah, we never stay away for too long, but it's nice to see you even if it's on a computer screen. It is nice to see you too, Steve. So Steve just explain everybody up who steve is and what is he doing um so i was born and raised in syracuse new york um which is a relatively small city um in new york state and after i graduated from high school i went to colgate university for my undergrad and majored in molecular biology there and always kind of knew that science was a passion of mine um and after i completed my undergrad i worked in a whole bunch of different industries and sectors and moved to big cities and ended up finding my way to buffalo a few years ago and came to the university at buffalo for graduate school um and i have been here for 4 years now um so buffalo has become kind of my home away from home and um yeah I've, i'm about to enter the last semester of grad school at least in this program um and so i'm excited it's it's a transition period i think in my life right now which is exciting yeah fits is really exciting because uh you have so much experience in science especially and you have been transitioning i would say on and off a little bit of business a bit, little bit of science call it like core science but you went into public health and you said you went to big cities small cities and you were exploring what were you exploring for what was your passion as an undergrad i think that i didn't really put enough emphasis on where i wanted to be and what i wanted to do with my life um the only thing i knew was that i had to go to class i had a lot of fun as an undergrad maybe too much fun and i didn't really put enough time and energy into making the connections and applying to things that peaked my interest. And so when I finished my undergrad, I kind of came out of the program that I was in with this bachelor's degree, but 
not really enough experience or connections to to pursue a job in molecular biology. And so I knew that I needed to make a change and I knew that I needed to get serious about my future and about, you know, going after whatever it was that I wanted to pursue. And I don't really think I knew at that time what that was. And in a lot of ways, I still don't know what my one passion is, but I think that the path that I've made for myself and some of the the opportunities that have come my way have been really unique. And it's it can be tricky because there isn't necessarily somebody who came before me who I can look to to figure out exactly how they navigated through all of this. Um, and so I'm kind of carving my own path. And I think that's both exciting, um, but really challenging at the same time. Yes, I'm sure it's challenging because you don't know what lies ahead. And even if you kind of read about it, you wouldn't find a lot of material about it as well. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I've had to kind of set shorter term goals for myself in going after what I want. I've never been someone that is, you know, set on doing one thing for the rest of my life and working for the same company in the same city and going to work every day and doing the same thing over and over again. That that is not my idea of living that that's like the opposite of what I want with my life. Um, but it's helpful, I think, to know that going into this transition period that I'm about to be in right now, because there have been so many things, so many people that I've met, so many opportunities that have come my way that I never was going after. They just kind of came into my life at the right time. Um, even like my first job after my undergrad was something that I never expected or planned for. Um, when I graduated, I, I got a job offer to go and work in Chicago uh, for a nonprofit organization out there. And, you know, at that time, going through the interview process and then eventually getting the offer for the position, I said no originally. They they offered me this job and I said, you know, I I can't do this. I've never lived outside of New York. I don't know a whole lot about Chicago. I don't know anybody out there. And I had this opportunity to pack up my life as a 21-year-old person and move out to the city of Chicago for this job working in a sector that I had no experience in. And I really questioned whether or not that was the right decision for me. And so I said no to that offer. And a few days went by and the recruiter that I was working with at the time said, what do I need to do? What do I need to say in order to get you to come out here and work for us? And that was such an amazing 
opportunity, an amazing thing for her to do because she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself at that time. And, you know, if I had said no and she accepted that decision and I hadn't moved out there and gained that experience, that was really what launched everything that came after that. Um, And so living in Chicago was great. I learned so much about myself and about, you know, what I like and what I don't like. Um, Yeah. And I, so I was, I was really grateful for that opportunity. And it, even though it wasn't something that I was pursuing at the time, you know, I didn't come out of my undergrad thinking that I wanted to work for a nonprofit and that I wanted to move to a bigger city. It was just an opportunity that, that presented itself to me. Um, and so I'm, I, I am eternally grateful to that organization and that recruiter for seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself at that time. I also kind of had a similar background where I did my mechanical engineering, but I wasn't very passionate about designing and I was more passionate about the numbers or how things operate. And an opportunity came to me where I got placed in a good analytics firm and I just grabbed it. And like you said, I was not going to take that offer because I had plans to do my master's in the U.S. in industrial engineering. But I spoke to people, they convinced me that it's always better to get some experience. And that's how I kind of build up. And because of that one job, which was I got an opportunity to not be in the field which I I didn't like, but actually be in a field which I like. Yeah, and I think that 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 probably taught you so much about how to gain new skills, how to leverage what skills you maybe already had at that time. And I think that it's so easy, or not necessarily easy, but but it's it's the default to say, this makes me kind of uncomfortable. There's a lot of unknowns here. It's scary to pack up your life and and go to a new place or try a new thing. And, you know, sometimes that it, it's difficult to overcome those feelings of uncertainty. But in making that jump, I learned so much about how to to break into new spaces and how to to work with the skills that I had. Um, and I think everybody should do it. Everybody should get outside of their comfort zone and, and try new things. Yeah, I completely agree with you that it is important for us to get out of comfort zone. And just talking about comfort zone, when you graduated from Colgate, uh, I know that you said that you didn't want to settle at one place, but what was your aspiration in that time what were you looking at yeah so i think when i look back over you know even from when i was a little kid until right now people always ask what do you want to be when you grow up in the us when we start our school our schooling that's the question that everybody wants to know and when you get older and maybe you're in high school and 
your teachers are asking you and your friends are asking you and your counselor is asking you, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And that, that answer for me has changed so many times that it's, it's important not to, to, to keep an open mind, I guess is what I'm saying. Because when I was five years old and I had to, had to graduate from kindergarten, what I wanted to be when I grew up was a zookeeper. I really loved animals and that was what I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life doing was working in a zoo and taking care of a whole bunch of animals. And then I got older and I thought science is something that's really cool and it really interests me. I thought about the medical field for a long time and going into a career that was in the in like a clinical setting um and that that was true and I thought a lot about that even up until I started my MBA so when I initially decided to enroll in the MBA program I had two options I was either going to go to the dental school at UB or I was going to go the MBA route. And I actually had made up my mind. I thought I was going to go to dental school. I paid my deposit. I got accepted. I was enrolled and ready to go. And I really had to think about what direction I wanted my life to go. And that I think was another instance where I chose the path that, that was more uncertain because I had never taken a business class before. I didn't have any managerial experience to be able to to fall back on in terms of pursuing a degree in management. But here I was applying to this MBA program and wanting to try new things, wanting to open up doors for whatever the future held. And so that I think was another instance for me where I had to make a tough decision and I chose the path that that was more uncertain for me at that time. Which is really wonderful. Kind of gives you the opportunity to explore more. And I think it just makes you a wiser person where you kind of understand the other person's point of view. And somewhere down the line, you kind of understand that everything is equally difficult. But still, I I see an underlying uh, thought which you have. Keep learning more. Don't be scared of facing new challenges. And I want to ask this. Does it culturally go back to the way you were brought up? So my grandparents, when they immigrated to the U.S., had absolutely nothing. They moved to this country with six dollars in their pockets and nine children and had to figure out how to make a better life for themselves here in the u.s and so my grandfather um built a tailoring business he was like a master tailor so he would people would bring all of their clothes to him and he would fit them the way that they were supposed to fit. And he really built this business from nothing, from the ground up. And he worked 
he worked his ass off based on his talent. And that was all he had. He didn't have a fancy education. He didn't have a whole lot of money. He just had his talent and he had an ability to make connections with people. And that was what he built his whole career on. And so I think that that has played such a large role in getting to me, getting me to where I am today. Um, I was, I have been given the most blessed life. I'm so lucky to have everything that I have. And I think that my parents have played a large role in, in pushing me to, to try new things and to, to work hard at whatever it is that I want to do. Um, you know, I think back to like when I was a kid and my dad always told me that I needed to stay in school until I could become my own boss someday because that was what he felt was important for anyone to have, that you weren't necessarily answering to what someone else wanted you to do or being pushed into a box of what somebody else wanted you to be, that you could go out there and work hard at whatever it is that you want to do and make a future for yourself doing that thing that makes you happy. And so I think that my parents have really played played a very big role in getting me to where I am today, but also giving me that mindset to try new things and go after what it is that I want. I don't want to make it seem like my parents were pushing me to do anything that I didn't want to do because that that was something that they never did. If I I could go to my mom or my dad tomorrow and say, "Okay, mom and dad, I've been in school for 9 years now of college." And I decided that I want to become a cook or deliver mail or pick up garbage on the side of the road. I could go to them and tell them that that was what I wanted to do. And if that was what truly made me happy, they would accept that future for me. So they've never pushed me to do anything that I didn't want to do. They only encouraged me to be happy in whatever it is that I was doing. And I think a lot of people who become successful, uh, and I don't mean in the regular business route where you start a company and then do it, but then there are a lot of them who, you know, are either great poets, great researchers, and like what they do and i this is a wrong way to put it but they work for 120 hours and don't know where those 120 hours a week have disappeared they these are the people who wake up with a smile to go to work i think you are that kind of a person the day you find something interesting which kind of excites you you pick it up and something which is not which you don't like you still put your hard work over there to get good at it i agree with that completely and i think that having to work with what you have 
is important, but also working for what you want is important too. And being, you know, if we think back to when we were MBA students, like that, that was like our lives and, you know, spending 120 hours a week working and being in Jacobs Hall. And I slept at school more times than I can count, but showing up at 6 a.m. and leaving at 11 p.m. was all that I really knew. And so seven days a week, that's where I was. And it, it, it wasn't, I didn't necessarily consider it to be work because I really liked the challenge. I liked learning. I liked working with everyone. And if I hadn't chose, if I didn't choose to come to the MBA program, I would have never met you. I would have never met all of the people who I came into contact with through that program. So I don't have any regrets. Yeah. And like, I understand that. And but like you were saying, right? Now, a lot of people, what they do is they get into a, a particular field. And then as you learn more, they become more complacent and tend to stay. But you have changed from microbiology to uh, MBA, which is pure business. And you had plans of going into dental school, which is completely off. Uh, now you're doing public health, which I would say gets part of both business and science, but it is a larger. From here, you're thinking either of going and working or just uh, applying for your PhD. So when you have so much of variety, my question is what attracts you towards a particular option or between two options, what is that you do keeps you pushing forward? So I think for me, it's kind of a combination of two things. And the first thing is I look to people who I really admire. So people who I've met along the way who I think are really great people and do really great work and who I aspire to be. And then I look at the their path, I look at how they got to where they are, and I think about how my path, there might be some overlap there. And if there isn't any overlap there, that's that's fine. That's not necessarily a bad thing, because then the second piece of trying to decide what the next step is, is, well, what what do you like to think about? What do you think about in your free time? You know, I'm not someone who is like thinking about 17th century literature <laughs> in my free or like whatever it is, you know, I use that as an example, but that's not something that really energizes me to get up in the morning and learn about. But there are other things that are happening in the world right now that make me really energized to want to be a part of the solution. And I think that everybody has to make those decisions. They have to think about their environment. They have to think about where they are. They have to think about their communities. 
Is there anything that they're seeing or that they're hearing or that they're feeling that seems like that doesn't feel quite right? And if it doesn't feel quite right, then we all have the capability to be a part of a solution. And so I think in a lot of ways, my my way of coming up with a solution, at least at this early part of my life, has been through school because I felt like education is a way to get you where you need to go. You know, it's it's an investment in yourself as opposed to an investment in material things. And so I think that people have to make tough decisions about, you know, do I do I move here or do I stay where I am? Do I take this new job or do I keep the one that I have? Do I want to buy a house? Do I want to have kids? You know, there are these major decision points in our lives where we have to make make a choice. And so I think that people have to have to think about what works best for them. Um, but for me, I always think about what what would make me excited to get up in the morning and what kind of impact could I have? So you did mention that be a part of the solution and you are, and you kind of measure yourself, like what impact are you creating? Um, is entrepreneurship an open option for you? Because uh, most of the entrepreneurs are people who are, who want to be a part of the solution or make, the existing one better yeah so i think i think in some ways my career is bound to be kind of entrepreneurial and i don't mean that in the traditional sense of the word although i will say that shark tank is my favorite show ever and i always wanted to be a shark on shark tank because that is like my dream job but um I don't know. I think that if I'm ever at a point in my life where I might be able to think about venture capital or being an angel investor in an idea that I really believe in, that that's, I think, something that will come later in my life. Um, but in the more short term, I think that I want to be able to leverage the this these different worlds that I exist in. So the science background, the business background, and then the public health background. As new challenges come up in the world, obviously COVID is the most you know, prominent one right now, we as a world are going to have to figure out what's the best solution here on how to tackle this challenge. And so we have to think about what are the benefits what are the costs? What are, what's the science that goes behind our approach to dealing with health problems? We have to look at data. We have to look at facts in, in the economics of how we can bring new ideas into a market. Um, and so I think that, that in that sense, yes, I think I will have kind of an entrepreneurial career because I want to be on that front, the front line that that is trying to identify which technology or which approach or which idea has the most promise. And so 
you know, even though I'm, I'm not necessarily set on starting my own business or developing my own technology, um, I want to be able to, to be a part of the, the team that helps to bring those really good ideas to the world. Yeah, which is really wonderful because uh, that's how truly a difference is made. Uh, because if you see any kind of inventions or big companies which have come, it started with pro- solving a niche problem. Like Amazon was problem for books are not getting delivered or so every if you actually go to the core solving a problem or making it or getting a solution which is yeah and i think that like with my where where i see myself and all of that is helping to be the links between all of those different parts because i think that that people tend to kind of stay in their area they tend to stay in their lane and scientists are just kind of like weird people. They're in the lab all the time. You know, they might not necessarily care about the people aspect of what they're doing. And if there are any science people that are listening to this, don't email me because I'm one of you all. So I know that we're weird. Um, but I think that like the science people tend to stay in the lab and the business people might be thinking more about dollars and cents instead of impacting a large number of people. And then the opposite of that is that public health people might only be concerned with improving the lives of as many people as possible, but they might not have the understanding of the economics or the financial piece of it to, to actually implement those ideas. So I kind of see myself as being a bridge between all of those different parts because I ha- I'm not an expert in anything, but I know a decent amount about a lot of things. And so I think I can connect those pieces, or at least that's what I hope to be able to do. So I I just wanted to ask you, now you have been taking multiple routes and then I remember in our MBA, there was a personality test which they did and based on your personality, the most suitable career option or route which you would take, what was yours and how did you feel about it when you read it? Yeah. Um, So. That assessment told me to be a politician, (laughs) which I was not, I didn't like that answer. I wasn't very happy with that answer, but the, the area that it told me to focus on was people that I was very motivated by people and that whatever I needed to do, whatever I ended up doing for a career, I needed to know that I was impacting I was having an impact on somebody else. Um, And so I'm a little bit skeptical of personality assessments in general. I don't think that we can ever really look to one assessment and say, this is who I am and this is exactly who I'm supposed to be. But I think that as you 
do more of them. Like if you have your MBTI type and then you do your Hogan assessment and then you complete a strengths finder, it helps to create like a bigger picture of, of who you are and what might motivate you. Um, so I think that, that I, I never really look to just one of those assessments or one of those types as really defining who I am. Um, but I think that as I've completed a number of different, um, just like strengths finder activities, I've gained, I've gained a better sense of, of some of the skills that I might want to draw from in my future career. And I feel the same too. It just kind of gives you a direction, like saying that you, you are better at a particular thing than the other but it i don't think we can use either of these tests to kind of define who we are and just go by those tests T- talking about tests and school oh you are on the way to complete your third masters right now and uh, student debt is a huge problem in united states and if somebody even wants to do it i'm sure it's financially a little bit of it is financially a burden um so how did you support these endeavors and well i have very generous parents which i'm thankful for because i'm nearing 30 years old and have yet to really find uh, a solid career Um, but I think that, that education, like I said before, is an investment in yourself. And so it's very easy for people to, to look to social media or maybe look to what their friends are doing and get caught up in the material things, you know, buying buying new clothes, buying new shoes, buying new cars, buying a house. Like there are other things that people can spend their money on that are a little bit more flashy, I guess, that they can show off to other people. The The bulk of the money that I spend is on myself and investing in gaining new skills and helping me to get to whatever the next step is. And so I think that Yes, education is extremely expensive, and in the U.S., it is a major problem that we have. Um, but but people also, I think, have to have to weigh the return on their investment of their education. So I went to a private school before I came to Buffalo, and that school was significantly more money to go to than it would be to come to a state school. And so looking at the different options, looking at how much it costs versus the education that you're getting, I think is important. So I would really encourage people to, to, to find a program that suits them um, and weigh weigh the cost of what you're paying for with what you actually get out of it. Uh, Yes, I completely agree with you on like you need to invest on yourself. Like 
periodically upgrade yourself just to stay more relevant uh, in the whole scenario currently because the way the world is going towards you need to stay updated but then when you have to write a statement of purpose or just describing who you are and what your journey has been i i personally know a lot of people who look that down upon on that more in the corporate world because they feel that you need to figure out and just go and do that and relevant experience and the whole spiel in business school so what kind of story do you come up with to describe you um so this is that's a really interesting question so i think that the world is changing and i think that it's changing in a way that values people for who they are i think that it's becoming less and less about what you have um and i think it's becoming more and more about who you are and in my experience with interviewing and maybe breaking into a new program or a new industry it's all about people's values and what they care about and it's not so much that you have a fancy ivy league education um it's more about your your soft skills are do you are you able to problem solve do you want to work hard do you care about other people because those are the kind of people that I would want on my team you know i don't i don't necessarily care about how much somebody knows i care more about about who they are and so um while i do think that there is a lot of negativity in the world right now my approach has always been whenever i have a conversation with someone i approach that conversation with wanting to learn something from the end of it and this podcast in a lot of ways is the same thing that you and i have been doing for almost 3 years now where whenever we would hang out we talk whenever i would come over to your house or we hang out like we talk about different things we talk about different ideas and you have taught me so much about life in general and what it means to be a person um and so i think that that my kind of like approach to dealing with all the negativity in the world is trying to learn something from everyone and there's nothing wrong with having a conversation with someone and at the end of that conversation thinking i recognize the perspective that you have and i disagree with it yeah i completely agree with you on that because I personally am a person who still confuse and chooses different parts and in my shorter span of life I have seen a lot of people who are like me and you who like exploring just sometimes want to give 120 hours a day and sometimes just not even give 2 hours a day to that work but finding passion is something important that's why it's so important to have conversations with people who are different than you because i think that we 
we try to understand ourselves in relation to other people. So like I'm a scientist and he is a finance person, but in doing that, we miss some of the other things that people bring to the table. So I think that traveling is a really important part of that. I know that like we can't necessarily travel around the world right now, but meeting people that come from different places, I think is a really important part of life. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree because the more people you meet, uh, you get to know their stories and you realize like everybody's not at the same pedestal. It's a completely different journey everybody takes. Agreed. I think success is is part luck and part skill and you can't necessarily teach someone how to be a good person but it's important to have all of those qualities of empathy and kindness and being compassionate to other people at this point in your life if you had to do three things uh before you could die and as of today if you're thinking what are the three things you would like to do the first one that comes to my mind is write a book. <laughs> I have no idea what it would be about. I would love to write a book. I don't know what it would be about or you know how long it would be, but I would love to write a book. I've always said that I've wanted to like on TV in some capacity, like I think about the people who give us the news every day or are out there as reporters who get to travel the world and meet new people and give give information to other people. That's something that I think is really cool. So I don't know, I guess having my own TV show would be on there as well. And then the third thing, I guess, is I hope that I never get to a point in my life where I'm completely comfortable. And that might sound weird but if i if i ever if i ever reach a point in my life where you see me and i'm completely content with what i have and where i work and what i do you will know that i have lost sight of my identity because i think that that what really motivates me is being uncomfortable to a certain extent. So I hope that I never get to a point in my life where I'm completely comfortable. No, I see that you want to become the middleman, which kind of connects two or multiple people or world or companies, like just the middleman. So hope you find a path which, you know, you keep exploring, keep making difference and travel the world and make more connections. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. Of course, um, I couldn't say no. If you like this podcast, please follow me on Instagram. Do share this with your friends and family for this channel.